Praise the Lord. John chapter 10, verse 25. You stand for the reading of God's word tonight. John chapter 10 and verse 25. Praise the Lord. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Father, we just pray your blessing upon your word. We often pray it, but we pray it especially again tonight. Lord, give us ears to hear. Lord, every person in this room, man, woman, boy or girl, we pray, would you grant unto them ears that can hear the voice of God. Lord, we thank you that we serve a God that speaks. We thank you that we serve a God that hears. We thank you that we serve a God that sees. We thank you that we serve the one and the true and the only living God. Lord, we pray that by the power of your Spirit that you would have your way in this meeting tonight to the saving of souls, to the calling of men and women, Lord, into the purposes of God. We pray, give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray, giving you the glory. Amen. Let's take our seats together tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know there, there's so many. I just want you to pay particular attention tonight. It's not necessarily a very uh, in-depth message. It's quite simple, really. And I want to encourage even the younger ones that are here amongst us because often, even if we're young in the faith or young as a young person, we can often struggle just to understand or to hear the voice of God, to hear God speak to us. I'm so thankful, I'm sure you are tonight, we thank God that He does speak to His people. He speaks to us collectively, but praise the Lord, He speaks to us individually. God actually speaks to you, and He speaks to me. Thank God tonight that primarily, and we know that He speaks through His Word, the power of His Word, this is God speaking to us. And then we also know that He speaks by His Spirit. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying Onto the church, and we thank God that God speaks to us. And tonight, I just encourage you perhaps even you're here, you're not saved, and you don't know the Lord as your own and personal Savior. Can I just say this very simply tonight that God is speaking to you? God is speaking to you. God wants to speak into your life, He wants you to hear His voice. You know, we thank God we sang at the beginning there, speak with the voice that wakes the dead. That God can speak in the lives that are dead and their trespasses and their sins and he can make them alive instantly by the power of the new birth. God, Jesus Christ himself, God in the flesh stood at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus was dead four days and the Lord spoke out his name. Lazarus come forth. And what happened, brothers and sisters, but a dead man rose up out of that grave and came forth. That's the power of his word. A centurion came whose servant was sick and fell at the Lord's feet. 
and say, Lord, my servant is sick. Would you just say the word? You have the authority to speak the word. Just say the word, and I know my servant will be well. And we read of the account that by the time the centurion came home, that self-same hour, that servant was raised up by the power of his word. We serve a God that speaks tonight. At the very beginning of all of this, there is a beginning when God created everything. It simply said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God speaks, thank God, at the, at the first coming of Christ, that great forerunner, when John the Baptist came, he was simply a voice that was crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And this whole thing will be wound up, friends, by a cry at the midnight hour, behold, the bridegroom comes. And I believe we're very close to that midnight hour when that voice will cry. And perhaps tonight you're in this room and you just need God to speak into a circumstance or into your life. And thank God tonight by the power of His Word. In a moment, He could send the Word and He can completely change your life and your circumstances. We serve a God that speaks. And there's so many that are struggling to discern, even those that are young in the faith, as I've said, to understand or discern the voice of God. But one of the great wonders of all wonders is this, and I still, very simply, is very difficult to grasp, but that the God that made all things, the God that created everything, is a God that speaks to someone like me and someone like you. That God actually speaks to us. That God wants us to hear His voice. That God wants to reveal Himself to us. That God wants to reveal His purposes into your life and the plan of God that He has for you. God actually speaks God calls men and women and young people. God calls them by their name. He knows you tonight. He knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows where you're from. He knows the very hairs in your head are numbered. He knows your troubles. He knows your trials. He knows your desires. He hears and sees the tears that you've shed. God actually speaks into our circumstances. But oh God, give his ears to hear not just that which is on the side of our head, but there is an ear of in the heart of faith to hear, to hear what God is saying. God speaks through His Word primarily. He speaks by His Spirit. And God speaks through men and women. And God speaks through circumstances. And many people know that God has spoke to you over your life Maybe through a Sunday school teacher or through a lighthouse club leader or, or God is a friend that you've worked with or someone that God has used them to speak into your life, to bring you and to point you to Christ. That's God speaking. God uses men to speak into our lives. And God often speaks through circumstances. Circumstances come in our lives and God is speaking through the circumstance. I, I wish, I wish that when I was much younger and also just rebelling and running from God that I was able to discern the circumstances quicker because it would have saved me an awful lot of trouble. That God was speaking in the storm. That God speaks in the troubles and the trials of life. That there still is a God that speaks into the midst of all of that. God can speak into your storm and say, in a moment, peace be still and everything the waves cease and the winds cease because He's the Almighty God. There's nobody like Jesus. But oh, if we could discern, if we could discern the voice of God, what is happening? 
We read of one of the minor prophets. He's one of our favorites, of course. His name is Jonah. If you have your Bibles, you can turn back to Jonah just for a moment. But I want to show you how God speaks in the storm. He speaks through the circumstances and the trials of our lives. In Jonah chapter 1, it opens with the word of the Lord. God is speaking. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amtiah, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh. There's God speaking. There's God speaking to a prophet, the minor prophet Jonah. He's speaking into his heart. He belongs to God and God is speaking to him. But like so often, like so often, and I wish you could say it was different for me, that so often that when God sometimes speaks to us to ask us to do something, we don't do what he says. Maybe I'm the only one in this room. It looks like it tonight, but God would speak to us to say for us to do something in His name, to go somewhere in His name, to obey His voice, but we don't obey His voice. And so because God loves us, because He loves us so much, that God then, because we are His sons as believers, then God would chastise us. That's a sign of His great love for us. Because God has a purpose and a plan, but it's His purpose and His plan. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. And so often we are living our lives according to our purpose, even as believers, and we get ourselves in an awful lot of trouble. But because He loves us, He chastises us. And God is speaking to Jonah, and He said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah decides that he'll go the opposite direction. He's going to go to Tarshish. Anyone else ever been there before? Maybe three or four. We're willing to just say, Lord, yes, that was me. So Jonah flees. Verse 3 says he rose up. He flees unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I tell you something, friends. I believe this in my heart tonight. That there's people in this room that you've been running from God. You've been running from God. He's been calling you. He's been pleading with you. He has been speaking into your life. He's been speaking through people, through circumstances, through the preaching of His Word. In recent times, even God has been so so gracious and when He's been speaking into your life. But you've been running the opposite way. You've been going your own way. And you know God has been calling you. You know that God is speaking into your heart. But yet in all of that, you're going the opposite way from what God has called you. God is so merciful. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I'm so thankful for the long-suffering and the patience of God. I'm so thankful that God does not cut us off when we, when we mess up or we run and do our own thing. Are you thankful that the great shepherd comes and searches us and finds us? And finds us often broken and maimed because we've done our own thing. We've gone our own, our own way and now we're broken and we're, and we're, and he picks us up and he gathers us up and he carries us home upon his shoulders because of his great love for us. But there's a great price when going our own way. There's a great cost. And here we read of a man called Jonah. He went down the Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarsus. He paid the fur, went down into it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you there's someone or someone's you're running from the presence of the Lord. You're running from God. You're running from the call and the purposes of God. You're running the opposite direction, yet God in His mercy is calling you to come. And like Jonah, you're running. But I want to tell you, friend, tonight I've said it often from this platform. I know it to be true. You can never run 
or outrun God. And wherever you go in this world to try and escape God, I'm going to tell you something. God's there. He's the Almighty God. And you can never escape God. You can never outrun God. You can never hide from God because God knows all things. Now Jonah's out there in this boat. He's going his own way. He's doing his own thing. He's turned from the presence of the Lord. He's forsaken the call and the purpose of God for his life. And, and now he's running and doing his own thing. And verse 4 says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. Who sent the wind? Who sent the wind? I can see the modern day church standing up and rebuking the devil and everything that's going wrong. But it was God that sent the wind. It was God that sent the wind. Jonah's on that ship and there's a mighty tempest in the sea and the ship is now about to be broken. Can I tell you something, friends? This may not sound like often what people portray the Lord like, but I'm going to tell you something, friends. God can break up a ship very quickly. God can break up a ship very quickly because in the midst of that ship, there's a man that's running from the presence of the Lord. There's a man that's running from the purpose of God. There's a man that's running the opposite way. And God in a moment can send the wind to shake that ship. And there was a mighty tempest so that the ship was like to be broken. And those that were on the ship, they find Jonah. Do you know what Jonah was doing? Maybe like some in this room tonight. Jonah was fast asleep. There's a storm the winds are blowing, the seas are rising up, the ship's about to be broken up. But know what Jonah was doing? He was asleep to everything that was going on. And there's people that have come through these doors tonight and you're asleep to everything that's going on around you. But I want to tell you, friends, God wants to waken you. Awaken you out of your slumber and your sleep of the days in which we're living. God wants to waken you up. You're asleep. The days we're living in, you're asleep to the hour that we're in. You're asleep to the, the imminent danger. And so these men began to call on Jonah and say, Wake up, O sleeper, arise, call on the Lord, call on your God. If so be that God will think upon us that we don't perish. And they're trying to find out why is this ship breaking up? Why is the storm come? Why is the troubles come? What shall we do? And Jonah wakes. Jonah's able to discern very quickly. You see, friend, tonight, the wonderful thing about the Holy Ghost, wonderful thing about the work of the Spirit of God, you don't need really anyone beside you to tell you that was for you or this is what you should do, but you know in your heart tonight that God's speaking to you. You know that the trouble that you're in is because God's dealing with your life. You know tonight that the reason why you are where you are is because you've been running from God. And here we find Jonah awakens and realizes everything that's happening. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord. I fear the God of heaven. You see this man standing there on this ship in verse 9 and the winds and, and all the men that are in fear and frightened. And he says, I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which has made the sea and the dry land. And, this, and the men were exceedingly afraid. And they say, what shall we do with thee, Jonah? What shall we do that this storm would pass from us? And verse 12 is an important verse. He says this, take me up, Jonah said, take me up, cast me forth into the sea, 
And once you cast me forth into the sea, the sea will be calm for you. This is what he said. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. The reason why the storm has come, the reason why that ship is about to break, is because Jonah is running from God. Is there somebody running from God? I believe there is. Someone running from the purpose, the call, and the plan of God. Someone going their own way and doing their own thing, and then we wonder why everything doesn't seem to be going right, and God is pursuing you. Do you know God pursues us? It's an amazing thing that God would actually pursue a life Can I tell you, friends, right down even to the wee ones in this room tonight, right down into those that maybe are seven or eight or nine years old, that God can speak right into your life in this meeting tonight and arrest your little heart and pour His purposes into your life in a moment. God speaks to children. God speaks to older people. God speaks to men and women. There's a great account of a Jewish girl who became a queen in the plan of course, at that time where the, that there was a man called Haman, he's a representation of the demonic, demonic powers of hell itself that were going to destroy the Jews. And this, this young lady, Esther, had been preserved by the purposes of God. Could I tell you, friends, you've been preserved right up to this time. Even if you're not saved, I believe this, your life has been preserved by the very power and the mighty hand of God. You think tonight that I breathe and I do everything that I want by my own strength and by my own will. I want to tell you, friends, every breath that you that you breathe in this room tonight has been given to you by Almighty God. And in a moment, our breath can be taken from our lungs. Bible says it's appointed on the man wants to die. That means that God has an order and a plan and a purpose and that you have a plan, God has a plan that wants to die, and after this, the judgment. That just simply means that every day that I have is a day that's been given to me by God Almighty Himself. And every breath that I breathe has been put there by God. In a moment, in a moment, in a second, let me tell you, friends, there'll be one day for me. I'm not saying to you in case I make you feel uncomfortable, but there'll be one day for me that will be the last day that I'll get up and Nicky will prepare, or perhaps the other way about, she'll prepare the porridge and put the strawberries and run the honey over the top and put the seeds. You want to see what I get in the morning? I'm so well looked after. And a wee cup of tea and we'll have a time together. But there'll be one morning, it'll be the last morning. There'll be one morning, it'll be the last time that I'll shave and put the clothes on and wash and walk out the back door and drive that car. One day it'll be the last time I'll do all those things but it'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord. One day, none of us know. Sure we don't. You know, we know so much today. We're so possessed to know everything. We've got everything. If you don't know it, Google it. But I want to tell you one thing Google can't tell you. Can't tell you the day, the moment, the second that you'll take your last breath in this scene of time pass in to eternity. Only God. Only God. And this young woman, this young woman has been preserved. This young woman, God had a plan for her life. God preserved her. It's an amazing story. Esther is an amazing story. 
It's a beautiful account of God's mighty hand to preserve his people. And we see this, this young woman is up in the palace and, and she's really not aware of what's happening. Can I tell you something, young person, young girl, young girl in this room tonight, and all that's going on in this world, you may be sitting here tonight and you're not really aware of what's happening. You're so caught up in your own world and in your, and that's okay, I understand that you're maybe 14, 15, 17, early 20s, maybe it's even worse, maybe you're older and you're just living your life for you. It's just all about you and your comforts and being pampered and being looked after and everything's wonderful. And she's up in that palace and there is a demonic force that's coming to destroy a nation of people. But thank God you had an old uncle called Mordecai. Thank God for the old saints that are able to see with the wisdom of God what's happening around the world and they're able to speak forth what's taking place and they're able to speak into your life. Thank God for that older generation. I know the modern church is saying we don't need the old, but I'm going to tell you we need the old. We need those that have walked with God, that have proved God, that have tried God, that have the wisdom with God and know how to pour into younger people. And this old man sees all that's happening and he's going to send the word of the Lord right into the palace. I tell you tonight, friends, I believe God wants to bring a word right into your heart tonight. Young, young girl sitting in this room, God wants to speak into your life. Speak right into the depths of your heart. You're not so much concerned about what's happening around you, but God's about to open this young girl's heart and reveal his purpose. He speaks to Esther and he says, Esther, listen, God's going to bring a mighty deliverance, but you need to make a stand for God. You need to make a stand for the Lord. It's time that you stood up for the Lord because you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this, but you've got to make a stand for Jesus. You stand for everything else, but stand up for Jesus. So Esther has a battle. Because it could cost her. Can I tell you, friends, it might cost you. It will cost you. There's a cost to follow the Lord. Jesus said, if any man wants to be my disciple, let him deny himself, let him take up his cross, and let him fall. It's going to cost you something, but I'm going to tell you what you get. Oh, friends, tonight you get your soul saved for eternity. You get the peace of God and the plan of God. You get a life to live for God on this earth. Oh, friends, I want to tell you tonight to have the peace of God in your mind and in your heart, to put your head in a pillow every night and to know that no matter what happens, no matter what Putin's going to do, no matter what this world is going to do, but I have the peace of God, I can say it is well with my soul. So Esther, the old man sends the word. That's God speaking. He sends the word right into the palace, Esther, and she then has to make a decision. You see tonight, young person, you have to make a choice. Older person, you have to make a choice. There has to be a decision made for Christ. It's not just floating along at your own pace. There has to be a stand. There has to be a choice that is made. And Esther sends the word back to Mordecai and said, Mordecai, get people to pray and fast for me. Because I'm getting into the king. Know what she said? Listen to this. This is a young person. She said, if I perish, I'm going to perish. But I'm going in. Oh God, give us a young man or a woman that would say tonight, and an old man or an old woman that would say tonight, if I perish, 
I perish, but I will follow Jesus. And so God's speaking, perhaps speaking into your heart tonight, speaking to you. But I want to tell you something that's very important. Very important about when God speaks. When God speaks, He requires a response. When God speaks, He requires a response. Sometimes in a world of so many voices, so many voices, it's hard to hear that still, small voice. But I want to tell you something. God's speaking to someone tonight. There's voices that are always going on. There's doubts, there's fears. There's the enemy that would come to lie and to steal and to rob. There's opinions of men. There's all the things that this world, the whole world's going that way. And it's so difficult to seem to stand up and say, really? But I want to tell you something. God gives you the courage. God gives you the strength. And it is God alone that will keep you. But I think of a young man. Listen, this is only, if a young boy can hear, if a young boy can hear the voice of God, how much more, how much more all of us can hear him speak tonight? And I believe he's speaking. I really do. I believe he's speaking. I think of that young boy. He's only a young fella, but he was in the house of God and he was, and he was just, it seemed as though he was just cleaning up the, the temple and doing the things that he needed to do or what he was instructed to do. There was no big, uh, you know, what happened here or what was he doing or was he deep in prayer or anything. He was just doing the, the practical things of God. And then God speaks. And he spoke at a time when there was a spiritual decline. Could I tell you something, friends? Even in the day in which we're living, God's still speaking and God's still calling. And the wonderful thing about this in 1 Samuel chapter 3 is he just didn't call in a general sense. Listen very carefully. He called him by name. He called him specifically. God called Samuel by name. God knows your name as much as he knows Samuel's name. Samuel's only a young boy. I'm so thankful that God calls young boys and young girls. Samuel lay his head down to sleep. There's a voice that speaks. There's a voice that speaks into his heart. And there's a voice that speaks and it says, Samuel. And Samuel responded so quickly as he heard the voice because there was that heart. You see, there's a heart. There was a servant heart. There was a heart that was tender. That's what God wants us to have is a tender heart, a heart that is pliable, a heart that hears. A heart that serves, a heart that is humble before the Lord. The Bible says that the humble shall hear thereof and they will be glad. And God speaks, Samuel. And Samuel, not able to discern fully who was that voice or what was that voice, was that the voice of God? And so he responds and goes to the old high priest, Eli, and he says, Eli, would you call me? And Eli says, I didn't call you. Just go and lie back down again. And Samuel lies back down a second time, and God speaks again. Let me tell you, friends, I've said it many times. I'm so thankful that God calls again. How many times, or many of us would have missed it if he only ever called once? But then he calls again. 
Samuel in his innocence was not able to discern the voice, so he rises again and he runs to Eli. But this time, even Eli, in the state that Eli was in, Eli, that old old man of God's able to say, Son, it's the Lord. Sometimes we need someone just to help us and encourage us to say, it's God that's speaking. It's not man that's speaking, it's God that's speaking. Discern the voice of God. And Samuel lays his head down again. And the Lord speaks. And this time he says, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responds and says, Lord, look at this heart, here am I. See, tonight, friends, God doesn't need anything from us. God just wants us. He wants a response that says, Lord, here am I. He doesn't want us to try to bargain with God or do deeds with God. He's just looking at a heart that says tonight, Lord, I can hear your voice. I, I sense you're calling me. I can feel the impression of the Spirit of God on my heart and the drawn of God. And all he requires of us is to say, Lord, here am I. God speaking, speaking into this room. Our reading tonight, Jesus said, My sheep, hear my voice. And I know them. And you know what they do? You know what sheep do? Sheep follow the shepherd. That's the great shepherd. That's Jesus. The sheep hear his voice. He knows them. And they follow me, God speaking. Sheep are very important. They're symbolic of Christians, those that have put their faith, their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, those that have repented and given their lives to the Lord. That's what, that's a sheep. And he knows them. And they follow him. You see, in this room tonight, friends, it's, it's really simple. There's, there's only two types of people in this room. There's only two types of people. There's those that are saved and those that are lost. Those that are saved, they're sheep, and those that are lost. You see, this is why it's important. I want you to listen. Matthew chapter 25 Jesus said these words, when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels that are with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory and before Him shall be gathered all the nations of the world. All the nations. And He shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And He shall set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats will be on His left hand. And the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The sheep will enter in, those that are saved will enter into the glory of God, into the presence of the Almighty. Verse 46 says these words concerning those that are the goats. And they shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous and the life eternal. I want to say that again. Those that are the goats that are not saved shall go their way into everlasting punishment, but the righteous and the life eternal. What a separation. 
What a sobering thought. What a reality. A great separation. Saved and lost. You know what the real sobering thing is this? I want you to hear me. There are going to be many people that have heard His voice. That have heard His voice. And because they didn't respond when they heard, when they had the opportunity to repent of their sin and give their lives to Jesus, because even though they've heard His voice, you can hear His voice, but you can still reject the Savior. There are many on the left hand will have heard the voice, even heard it tonight, but have rejected the voice that's called them. And they'll go into a lost eternity without Christ. Sheep, hear His voice. He knows them. You know what sheep do? They respond and they follow. If God's speaking to your heart tonight, we're coming to a close. I believe God is speaking. I believe God is speaking to hearts in this room. You know, when God sent those Old Testament prophets in the Old Testament, He didn't send them to hear what the people thought. He sent them to proclaim what God has to say. When Jesus sent out His disciples, what did He say? Go into all the world, have a dialogue, and see what people think. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God's speaking. Our responsibility is not only to hear what He says, but to do what He says. We're coming to a close. We're not saved. I believe God's speaking to you tonight. I believe God's speaking to you. I believe God's calling you to save you. Young person, older person, God's speaking. He's calling you to come. Backslider. Listen. Backslider. He's running from God. You're running from God like Jonah. I tell you, the storms are going to come. I've never met in my life a happy backslider. Have you? Never. Never, never met a happy backslider. They're the most miserable people on this earth. Do you want to know why? Because they're running from God. The only place that they'll ever find peace and joy and hope is when they get back to the Father. But thirdly tonight, and I do believe this, I believe God's calling people in this room to give their lives to the service of this great King. He's calling them into ministry. Not in this modern type of thing, but calling for lives to lay themselves down and let Him, not creating the ministry, but let Him pour in His gifts and calling into their life to raise them up for His glory. And I think we're often like some of the prophets of old, like Jeremiah, in the Word of the Lord, and God is speaking to him. God says, like it's amazing what God was speaking into his life. He said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. 
Before thy come out of your mother's womb, I've sanctified you, I've separated you. I've ordained thee, God said, I've ordained thee to be a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah said, but Lord, I can't speak. I'm just a child. I wonder what you'd say tonight, God's calling someone, man or woman or young person, to follow him. Perhaps a missionary, perhaps in the children's work, perhaps to preach, perhaps to go out on the streets. I don't know, but God's calling you. I wonder what you would say, like Jeremiah said, but I'm just a child, I can't speak. I wonder what you'd say. Maybe there is someone here, a young person here tonight saying, but I'm, I'm just a young person, I can't speak. But the Lord said, say not that I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I will send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, this is what he said, I want you to speak. God's calling. Are we hearing? I believe we are. And if we are hearing tonight, will we respond? 